Welcome to Twist for the Week of April 4th. This is Sarah McGann from KPMG's Washington National Tax State and Local Tax Practice. First up today, Kentucky House Bill 8 has passed both chambers of the legislature and has been delivered to Governor Bashir. If signed into law, the bill would make significant changes to Kentucky's tax laws. The most impactful change is likely the gradual potential reduction and possible elimination of the state's current 5% individual income tax rate. Most other tax measures in the bill are designed to raise revenues to help fund the individual income tax cut. House Bill 8 would impose sales tax on 35 new enumerated services effective January 1, 2023, and would adopt a new 6% excise tax for the privilege of providing a motor vehicle for sharing or for rent with or without a driver. Another new tax would apply to entities operating electrical vehicle charging stations, and electric vehicle owners would be subject to new fees. In corporate tax news, House Bill 8 would advance the Commonwealth's conformity to the Internal Revenue Code to the code as in effect on December 31, 2021. Finally, a tax amnesty program would be held from October 1, 2022 through November 29, 2022. In Arkansas, an administrative law judge addressed whether a taxpayer had nexus and receipts apportioned to the state for the 2014 through 2016 tax years under a multi-state tax commission audit. The ALJ first determined that the taxpayer had nexus under the significant economic presence test first articulated in West Virginia versus MBNA, which Arkansas has adopted. With respect to whether the taxpayer had receipts sourced to the state, the ALJ declined to specifically adopt the department's interpretation of the income-producing activity test, but agreed that the situation warranted the application of an alternative apportionment method. Finally, the Oregon Tax Court recently addressed an issue stemming from tax years when receipts were sourced to the state under the income-producing activity test. The issue was whether certain activities performed by payment acquirers were costs that were counted in determining the taxpayer's cost of performance. Third-party activity was considered income-producing activity if the activity was of the type directly engaged in by the taxpayer in its regular profit-seeking business and the activity was performed on behalf of the taxpayer. Although the first criteria was met, the tax court concluded that the payment acquirers were not acting on behalf of the taxpayer. Thank you for listening to Twist this week, and stay well.